0: You met lots of other people on the scene.
1: I actually like when I first found out about Neurodivergent Labour because yeah. I am the website administrator and web developer yeah. now. Yeah. I I actually found about it through a Facebook event for the yeah. launch meeting, yeah. and it was in London. And like obviously with me like being all the way down in Liverpool and only on like Pip and the USA, mm. I was like, oh, why is it in London? Like, why haven't they chosen somewhere more central? Yeah. Well, I was like, you know what? It's Labour. I'm a Labour activist. I'm a Labour supporter. I'm involved in LGBT Labour and I want to get involved in your Labour. Gorilla Aspie's podcast.
0: Written, recorded and produced by Paul Wading. Today I've got an interview with Billy Joe Gibson. Billy is the organiser of Liverpool Autistic Pride and is also the web developer for neurodivergent labour. They describe themselves as panromantic and demisexual and scouts are like me.
1: At ten months old, my man noticed that like, I had a speech and language did, like, some yeah, sorts. Yeah. I wasn't walking properly, I wasn't yeah. talking properly around ten months yeah. and she literally took me to doctors and the doctors were like, what's going on? Yeah. I got prodded and poked. It oh. did everywhere for like up until the mm-hmm. age of mm-hmm. four doing loads of physical tests. Yeah. And I remember one time I had to go to this medical centre for an appointment and the doctor was trying to look, damn air yeah, with that, that thing, you know, to put your there to check oh, that it's not yeah, wrong, yeah, yeah. The you're there. And I was what? screaming and having a sense fit and they didn't know why. Yeah. And then um, two weeks into primary school, because um, I had to melt down on my first day of primary school. Oh, That's another story for no, another time. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Two weeks into primary school, I got took into the centre in Cowley Lane in St. Helens. And I literally walked in the room. I, I gave one look at Dr. Ellison. For some reason, as I walked in, my hands were in my mouth like some weird, like, ah, sheep. And I don't know why I was doing that. <laughs> but he took one look at me, snapped his fingers, and went... Um, obviously, I'm not a sign fe- I mean, I am a sign female at birth, but I don't identify as that now. But back when I d- was a woman, he he literally snapped me fingers and said to me, "Mum, oh, she's definitely autistic," and I was like, "What?" I literally just got told in the room, sit down at the desk, and just scribble on paper oh. with some crayons, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, he sat down. With me mum and me dad, and me mum was like almost in tears because she couldn't believe what words she was in yeah. because it was a shock to their system. Yeah. So, and Dr. Allison just said to her, Your child is autistic.
0: Hmm.
1: Back then, like me personally, I hate the use of functioning labels, hmm. but back in 2001 when I was diagnosed, like in the NHS, functioning labels were all the norm. Annie turned Anna and said to me, mum, your child is moderate to mild on the autistic spectrum mm. and they have development delay and there is a good possibility they could grow up later to be high functioning. Um, And now here I am, i 23, got yeah. my own council flat in Bootle. Okay. And yeah, I do get... Yeah. support from both the ministers through the council Good. but because of the pandemic yeah. they have uh, not really being able to sort me flat Jesus, house because they just had
0: yeah. to cancel everything they, they, they order things for you
1: no they come so, round and they just help me clean up
0: yeah because I need that because I'm like 56 and married so I need... right. <laughs> <laughs> you should see our living room it's my sort of workspace <laughs> We've got all sorts of gear in it and I keep everything and I've got to throw things away and it's like I didn't know I was autistic, so I was forty-one. Uh, if you look me up, yeah. the, and, and you find out everything about me, you know, and my oldest friend from the King David, we went to King David. Uh, if you know that school, oh, all yeah. this whole background that we had, we're just working class people, but the parents managed to live in the best areas and put them through the best schools, and they had this accent. That's how you found that you were autistic.
1: Yeah, yeah, because my dad ended up because when I was diagnosed the um, doctor asked and took a look at my dad and yeah. he was like, you know what, I think you could be autistic too, so I'm going to refer you for an assessment.
0: What year was and that? then he
1: had to wait.
0: Sorry.
1: Oh, yes. That was my dad, he had to wait. Because when I got diagnosed, the same person who diagnosed me looked at my dad and said, you know what, I think you've got Asperger's syndrome. Now, I personally don't use the term because I feel like it's making a certain group of autistic people feel at least and yeah, it is, I don't want to like, yeah, use that terminology. Yeah. If it's gonna offend people.
0: I say in my but... show, I think it's a snob term. It's a snob term. Oh, look at me, I'm Asperger. And I said, I'm just autistic. I level myself with exactly. everybody. exactly, but just yeah. autistic. Snob term. Oh, look at me, I can do things. Oh, Christ, it's all just different levels of difficulty. Felt exactly. like a job relationship, feels like you've got children, grandma. Dinah Murray's a granny. And it's just different levels of difficulty, you know. Have you met women like Dinah? Do you know all these guys? Eh, uh,
1: yeah. no, I don't think oh, so. Oh, you
0: should. Some extraordinary women out there. Emma Dalmaine's my neighbour down the road.
1: Oh, Emma. Sorry, yeah, yeah. my bad. Emma's <laughs> one of my co-workers, and you're his agent, Leva.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Janine. I'm really
1: sorry. No, I, I, I just right need to say as well. Janine and
0: I did Stealth Aspie Stealth. I got Janine. I started a theatre company. We did about three years of running around doing shows. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I remember one time we were all online communicating and I called them all girls. <laughs> oh, you couldn't even <laughs> call her a girl. Yes, come on, girls. Ooh, you know, you I know that word. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> I'm going to surprise her with a poem. I've got this. She, she took she me off a book about how to write poetry. By Stephen Fry, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna surprise him. <laughs> big Pardon me. I you know. Oh, no, I've just been <laughs> so, drinking this. So we're doing this together. So, what year did you, do you sort of get into the scene and discover about everyone else?
1: Well, um, that is a tricky question because yeah. um, I basically like I before I like identified as like trans masculine and non-binary and all right. that. And, like, I never actually got fully involved with autistic activism when I was around 17, 18-ish. Yeah. Because basically, when I went to high school, I was basically locked out of university education by the special educational needs department because they underestimated my capabilities.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: I was just put into a local sixth form college Uh um, where I had to do a special needs course and I was like, I'm not trying to sound like I'm an entitled person, but what am I doing in here? Yeah. And yeah. I was just taught life skills, which I already knew. Yeah, right. And well, anyway, because me, GCIT, like, was so high because of what he started in that, yeah. he let me do the B Tech alongside the big tech level for the IT. But basically, um, I had a mental breakdown at the end of the first year because. Um, the special educational department were like, we want you to focus on our course. And B-Tech IT was like, we want you to focus on our course. Yes. And I had to reset me see English and then me GC see the following year, apparently, before I ended up getting boosted out. Yeah. Um but basically it all came down to the boil when I just I had three weeks worth of time left to finish like ten half baked Basic IT assignments <laughs> and I had it. a mental breakdown oh, right. and I was like I can't cope. Cool. I just cannot cool. yeah, and
0: yeah. then when
1: I got boosted out of college, it was like, no, I just realized I need to do something yeah about being autistic when I need to like, get this... involved in the scene
0: it's not I, this is quite a common story for a lot of people for different generations you know the the young person's advisory service.
1: I do, I actually go yeah. there, I go to two groups there, I go to Sky yeah. which is the 16 to 25 year olds okay. who are um, either unemployed or like go to college or they just need like advice and guidance and they teach life skills there and I also go to Jairo yeah. um, which is the LGBT group okay. um, they do the young ones for like 8 to like 16 and then they do 16 to 25 um, like I found like with like talking to people about yeah. being non-binary, transmasculine, transgender. Mm. Like everyone's been dead accepting. And um they even gave me a spare bands when I'd misplaced my original one in the house.
0: Yeah.
1: And I honestly couldn't thank him enough. Because that week when they did that, I was like I had to like double bands using two different sports bras. Um, right. because
0: that was like the safest way of doing it with Rob you know it's marvellous that young women can just be open about anything the bodies what they wear sexuality was my generation because I'm in my 50s they were still very restrained about a lot of subjects that they, they fought for freedom and, and now you manifest it I think it's marvellous the way you can quite casually say anything like that you see it was not something you would have come out with I went in there a few years ago and I dropped off one of my books Right. I don't if you see it on the, in the library there what happened to it thing gorilla aspies
1: I'm not sure because yeah. um because you've just got like a cupboard full of water supplies in the main drop in space yeah. and then you've got a basement which is where the library might be yeah. but when aim um, sky reopens again um like when all this stuff's like passed and that I'll see if I can actually find it alas meg or um
0: that's probably oh yeah I look at the crazy. And they burst in there. You know, in, like, in this way I have. And, hey, 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 You know, they're all like, hey, well, and I go, have a book. And you're, you know, what's going on? You know, all oh, the vast woman You know, and they're like, yeah. is she on speed or something? What's the matter with this guy? You know? the woman was like, well, what is this? You know, why are you giving me a book? Why do you look like you're a maniac? I'm always like this. Ah, hello there. My name is Paul. What's yours? One's oh, nervous. You know.
1: Yeah. So, I understand, mm-hmm. honestly. If it wasn't for like Sky from White Pass, I wouldn't have met me my Beckett and Hayton. I mean, she's not because She's not autistic, but I'm also friends with an autistic guy called Rufus. Yeah. Who is? I think he's German. Yeah. Sorry, it's been a while. Me, me brains just like fuzzy because of not being to like Sky or out no oh, Um.
0: So that was what? What age were you then?
1: When I went to a uh, Sky. Yeah. Oh, no, that's now, because you do it's 16 recent, to 25. Recently, so I it, started going um, sometime around last September, October.
0: Oh, so you've only just found your own tribe. Like you said, you only just found your own people. There's so many of us. You see, I, I was only 41 when I first joined the social group in December. And then I found all these other people who are quite legendary now. And I, I've met all these characters, you know. I do the show where I turn the whole audience autistic and see that online. I wrote this mad book. It teaches you how to bully, seduce, manipulate, and coerce. In other words, be neurotypical. And people around <coughs> here think I'm crazy because I still behave like I was living in Liverpool. And they don't yeah. think. <laughs> yeah. I go to Liverpool, it's like the planet Krypton. It's like, oh, I'm normal here. You know? I know. <laughs> That's, That's why I've dyed me a half red, half, half, half blue.
1: Liverpool v Everton. Yeah. It yeah. used to be lime green before this, but it grew out and I got a bit fed up. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. I want to do a hair color that represents me in my city. Oh. And what better way to do it than to do a theme on the fussy? Oh,
0: brilliant. Do you know, we had a friend of my mother's uh worked in that biscuit factory.
1: Oh, Jacob's.
0: Jacob's, yeah. She used to get these bags of dodgy biscuits off her, you know, broken biscuits. That's
1: that what they got me, ripen- mad. Yeah. And here they are, mum
0: used to eat them, yeah. Oh, and you get no contact with Liverpool at all. I hardly know any Scousers. Any right. autistic Scousers, anyone in the scene in Liverpool. I've always wanted to go down there and play the Unity or the Everyman or something. I started it there. They used to play the Unity, the Everyman. We did the Playhouse Youth Theatre once. You know Kathy Tyson, the actress? Famous black actress.
1: Uh, I don't think I've heard of her now. She got
0: me into it. She did the film with oh, right. Lisa, but she got me in. She phoned me up on a Tuesday evening and said, Wadey, Wadey, come and join this theatre group. Because I was just <laughs> dropped out of the A-level zone. in so I was like, oh, OK. So we did this thing called Loose Hinge, and it all went from there. Crazy, yeah. I knew all these people. Never talk about it. It's name-dropping. People project into that, and I don't know what they project. It just doesn't mean anything to me. It's just somebody you, knew, you know. Big deal. So... You feel the need to get organised and represent your people and be a champion of your kind. Let's face it, you want to take that responsibility. How many people have you met in, in Merseyside and got together?
1: Well, um, I like when I had a short stint in Southport right. after my mum's death, right. I had to like, move in with my dad in Southport because he got any marries in the week. And, eight. and um, I was basically referred to... Um, I don't like saying the word asperges, but yep. that's what it was called. It was called the uh, Sefton Asperger's Hub. And there was this whole room of like autistic adults, about mm. six or seven of them.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's when I was like properly introduced to anyone who was autistic around my age. Wow. Um I met two of my best friends there, Paul Berry and Alexander Heaven. Oh. Honestly, bersie mates for life. <laughs> um <laughs> and um Alex works in IT in Liverpool, and Paul is a musician, self-confessed, self-confessed vampire. Oh, vampire.
0: I was
1: just in, watching what we do in the
0: shadows on the telly. He
1: wrote his own physics engine <laughs> right. and his own CGI project. Right. And now he's yeah. studying at the Open University.
0: Yeah. He's Night doing course.
1: mathematics yeah. uh, with physics. Yeah. <laughs> so he's just busy studying at the minute like does he mad. sleep
0: in the daytime okay. a lot sorry what was that does he, spend, does he sleep in the daytime this fella yeah
1: he does because he he's, he's a nice owl
0: like me yeah I bet he is yeah, the vampires tend to do that you know. But you don't find his company a bit draining at all
1: no, no. No, <laughs> no not at all, no at all. Thanks um, for that. Yeah, yeah he, he, he does go occasionally in the daytime, but like oh. he wears like an radiation mask because he can't cope with the sunlight.
0: Yeah, yeah, they, they, um, get, that, they get the smoke, everything, yeah. yeah no. Don't <laughs> take him to church. Whatever you do. <laughs> yeah, have you seen what the, what we do in the shadows on the television? It's a no. It's on the iPlayer. It's hilarious. It was right. a brilliant film. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, so... So have you got a lot of people together in social groups, face to face?
1: Um. Yeah. Uh, that's a tricky question, really, because yeah. in terms of like the Mersey sides, there was a group in Southport, mm. but then the funding got cut. Um, because the council had just run out of funding, and they were like, "No, we can't pay for this no more." Um. I knew someone who tried to get a group going in Brutal. Yeah. Um, But basically, um, because this other person, I can't remember the name, but when the other group got cut, this other person from the Asperger's group in Southport tried to set something up in Brutal. And then another guy, ah, that's it, Chris Pistel, that's it, he tried to set up a group in Southport because he was angry at this other person <laughs> because he yeah. claimed that they'd stole yeah. his idea yeah. when it was actually the other way round. <laughs> now, they had two like, yeah. groups trying to go on, one in Bootle, one in Southport. Um, the Southport <laughs> one never took off. The Bootle one tried to get organised and stuff, but, like, this other person had a lot of autistic burnout. Um... And like, they couldn't find a venue. You know, it was just being fussy and all that. Yes. And you tried to do a pub meet up, but then you got told that nobody likes going to the pub. Oh. So the boot one got axed. But I'm gonna see if I can like try and maybe do a once a month pub meet up.
0: Yeah. Pardon what you meet-up. do is a back room, you see, so they don't have to think it's a pub. Just this room, you know. You got to get some money off someone. Hire it. Pay for yeah. It.
1: Cause I'm gonna see if I can like try and set restart mm. the Bootle one.
0: Yeah.
1: Because I would like to have a group in Bootle
0: yeah. and maybe
1: another one in Southport and call it something like Sefton Autistic Social Support or yeah. something like that.
0: S- something something
1: SAST. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, because the last group the patient person tried to what was called Sefton asperger Social Support. <laughs> and like Sass. I was like, why are you using the term Asperger's? Yeah. And they were like, oh, I'm sorry, that's what I was diagnosed with. I'm like, oh, okay yeah,
0: then. You know what they're like. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic what you're doing. This is what happens. It just needs one person to go along and make a difference for everyone to set something up. You see, oh, in London, there was, just... there was ALAG. Group yeah. which I met my wife in because she'd never been to a social group at all and never socialized, never went near anybody socially really in her life. We were both 41 and we met each other, you know. And then there was Dando, which a woman called Mary Coley set up who died a few years ago. It was fantastic, it was mainly dyspraxia and used to meet people in all these places. Oh, then there was the internet, you know. Great people, oh, it's good days. It's a good day. I met a lot of people Alan English in Stealth Aspie's was in the social groups. Yeah, mm-hmm. lots of people, really cool people turned up in London. you know there was there was one out out um, off, quite a distance out of London as well we used to go to and stuff like that. Yeah, I only found out when I was 41. till then, I didn't know what was going on. I've just been very good at surviving. you know I've been very good at surviving and bouncing bouncing back. And it's not a boast at all because you have to go through a lot to get to know that. You know, it doesn't mean I always suffer, but I'm just, I'm a very lucky man in -hmm. myself. And I've ended up very lucky, you know, in my life with this job at the NAS I go around training people all about being autistic, you see. And I meet a lot of people because I'm very boring, old, really heterosexual, um, white, male orientation. God knows I've tried to push the boundaries of that tried sex with guys and trying dressing and everything, but it's just not me. Nah, I see what you mean. Yeah, people look at me and think I've always been like this. I haven't been the gimp of the earth. I really. No, I understand completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've, I've got a lot together at this time in my life, and people think I've always been this really lucky guy who's had a quiet life. I haven't. Oh, you don't want (laughs) to know because I put myself right in the firing line. Some really heavy stuff that other people would avoid because I was very, you know, ambitious. Uh, and it's only I'm still coming down.
1: <laughs> don't have no sympathy
0: for me. I can take it. i don't think I'm I think I'm mad, think I'm mad. You know. Oh, my mm-hmm. God.
1: Someone else, I can't remember their name, started off Liverpool Autistic Pride in Chavassi Park on the roof of Liverpool 1, mm. and then they had a few people turn up, and then the next year, they tried to organise something bigger and posted it well in advance on Facebook, but then it blew up, because last year, they had about two, three, four people turn up. Uh, sorry, the year before last, they had about two, three, four people turn up. And the year after that, by posting it so early, you got like 1.5K interested and at least 200 going. And they just had a mental breakdown because you couldn't cope yeah. with the amount of people that had said they were going to go. And... um they were like, oh, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Because there was no space to put more Lynch and Vassie Park. So they tried moving it to Sefton Park, but
0: <laughs> it clashed
1: with Africa Oida date because they were going to do it on the days after they'd come back from the holiday. Yeah. And then they tried to choose another date, but then that clashed with Chester the Autistic Pride by yeah. Meorti. And then they ended up trying to settle on the third days, But then the council rang up and they were like, yeah well, we've seen you put this event on Facebook. You need to pay X, Y, Z charges um, mm. because of, like, performers and that. And they were like, you also need a temporary event notice and there's no way we can, like, grant that it's such a short window frame.
0: Yeah.
1: And then, like, they just had to, like, Last year it never happened because of like stuff with the council yeah. and they couldn't cope with the stuff from the council, right. so they were just like, Sorry, it's not going on. So mm. then I saw what went on and I was like, You know what? I'm just gonna take it on myself to um organize Liverpool or to surprise this year. Mm. I think I'm just gonna stick with Chavassi Park for now because it's in town, all the scouts just know what it is. It's not out of town, like Newsham Park. Yeah. Because they ended up settling on like Newsham Park last year before it got cancelled and that. Um, but this year, I'm going to take it back to Chabassi. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Or is it or, Anyway, I'm going to take it back to Chabassi Park yeah. on Chib- the terrace. Chabassi? I was wondering. Chabassi there... Park. Whereabouts is that? What area is that? It's, you know, in town and Liverpool one. Yeah. So you go up the escalators... To Odeon. and then there's like doors by like Barberito, and you're and you go straight through, and then you're like... on the terrace there, and yeah, then yeah, you and go you over a bridge, yeah. and then there's this small ish ah. well, I say small ish, small to medium sized park, yeah. and then you've got the I think it's the boathouse on the rice, right, and then where Palm Sugar used to be, and then it's like this curved building, yeah. On one side and then the, the
0: other side the Hilton. Could you go go to the Albert Dock across the motorway? Am I thinking of a place used to be. Because I'm thinking of buildings were demolished in the 80s. I'm that old, but is it like Dead Central? Go
1: down the steps yeah. at the sides. Okay. Go past John Lewis, past the Hilton, and then go over the main road to get to the Albert Dock.
0: Okay, yeah, wow. It's around there, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's
0: nice. I had to go back there. For a day, in November and de- a day in December doing training in, oh God, where was it? Croxteth, I think it was. I was down there Croxteth. doing training. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
1: right. Had this it's hilarious right.
0: conversation with a taxi driver who lived in Kirby. <laughs> oh,
1: Jesus, Kirby, you can- don't want to go there. You don't want to go there. Don't That's
0: there. What he said, and he lived there. you <laughs> Not know?
1: Day.
0: He said he was sitting in the pub and two fellas came in and shot at him and shot his his, his mate. And the fellow he was with, you know, shot them. And he saw this as well. The oh, shooting. my God. And they didn't get killed either. And, and it was, like, terrible. And after a few days, he got over. He said, oh. to his man, let's go back to that pub I have shots. You know, <laughs> he was rounding <laughs> <hands, you know. laughs> We were cracking up. It was, great. But it was wonderful to talk to all these Liverpool people. Because I feel like a normal yeah. person. God, because i just spend all my time in the South. It's just, oh, couldn't wait to get away. And you get away. So it's really good. Do you think you'll set up a, a regular social group?
1: Um, Well, because of what's going on, that's yeah. not possible. But I'm hoping to set up something semi-regular. Yeah. Like a semi-regular pub meetup once a month and do it in like a quiet function room in like the back of the pub somewhere. You need, you need or just reserve to a few you. tables. Yeah.
0: That's what they do choose with... a
1: quiet time.
0: I'm sorry. That's what they do with uh, Danda. Could you get someone to support you from a charity? That's what you need. Someone to support you and underwrite you. And the same thing with the Pride event. You need the council on your side. They obviously weren't helping you. They weren't empowering you at all. That's ridiculous. No. You can go on about disability. You need an advocate, a charity. If the National Autistic Society was around there, they'd do it people like that. Yeah, I know they would keep would also co
1: opt it as well. Uh, which is not good.
0: Well the thing about the NAS is that um they they try to support but then they'd have a stall giving out leaflets and that's co opting it. Is that right?
1: Um yeah. what happened when they tried to co opt autistic pride last year was they stole a master post list from the Autistic Pride Alliance and they tried to credit it and it off zero now, who was who was it in the N.A.S. who did that? We don't know. It was just on the website, and oh. basically, um, I just ended up creating the autistic pride alliance logo. Yeah. But because I was angry, like at the time of them doing it, like the first thing that came to mind was the anarchist logo, because I felt like the autism advocacy is kind yeah. of like anarchy in action, yeah, yeah, in a sense. Yeah. But obviously, because like there's been complaints about with it being anarchist now
0: because <laughs> that phase
1: has passed, so yeah. I'm gonna like redesign the logo for them so like, the, when the I NAF- get a design briefing,
0: the NAS co opted the, the Liverpool event. So, have you got any names The NAS co
1: opted everyone's autistic pride yeah. event in the UK. All
0: oh, right, oh uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I wasn't part of that. Everyone's autistic oh, pride events, okay, I'll have a word with them about that. Events in the how did they do it exactly? They they put it on their website.
1: They had a page called Autistic Pride Events. Yeah. Or Autistic Pride, something like that. Yeah. And then they were like, um,
0: because they think they're trying to help you, say.
1: So. Yeah, but they're not. Yeah. That's because they made a a web a web page and had Autistic Pride here is a list of Autistic Pride yeah. events of people celebrating Autistic Pride, yeah. and then they put the location, yeah. the actual location in the town, yeah. the date and the time, and then they'd put a link to the Facebook event. Alright. At best, it sounds like an autistic employee in the NAS yeah. was trying to like use the charity as a signal boost, but at worst, yeah. it was actually them or whoever did it, um, trying to co-opt without realising they were trying to co-opt. Yeah,
0: that's exactly it. You got it. Yeah, yeah. Very good analysis. I think it was both at the same time. The signal boost thing, and trying to get in on it. And try, they're, they're always trying to support. Basically, I'm a part of a whole load of employees in the NES have these meetings trying to, you know, any, the autistic employees, and we connect with people all over the country, and I'm sitting in this room, and I don't. know what to say because I've been trying to change it from the inside all these years, and they let me go and do training with social workers, yeah, council workers, people run Gatwick Airport, people over the country, people in Scotland, and I say anything I like. I get this presentation and I can say anything. You tell me your ideas mm-hmm. about gender, the whole spectrum of gender and sexuality, and autistic people, and I feed it to them, and I'm allowed to. You know, it's just talking about myself. You see, I'm I'm just no, I, I never tell people about this. I don't. I just try to publicise it. So I've always been this, in, yeah, Uh, and all I ever hear from autistic people is they can't stand the NAS and the bloody thing's got Mm -hmm. no money. It's ridiculous, you know, it it needs more cash. Oh, Jesus. And a lot of the autistic people involved don't do themselves any favours. Like you talked about these people arguing over the Pride Mm -hmm. event and the the social group event. I'm sorry, they're arguing over the bloody social group and this petty rubbish. You need sort of uh, neurotypicals just to facilitate it. You know, just just like for example, if you go to a theatre and ask to use the foyer would be perfect. Yeah, because yeah, I'd, I'd I I I was around there, I'd do the rounds looking for a place like that. You see, one of these neutral spaces like the Everyman.
1: <laughs> I see what you're saying, yeah. but in a sense, like I used to go to an autistic group for autistic adults in St. Helens, and that was run by neurotypicals hmm. who were like parents or carers of autistic oh, no. people, <laughs> and. I did not really enjoy my time there because everyone who went to the group was like over eighteen, but they put in no, they put in like stupid rules like no swearing, no talking about like inappropriate subjects, and like some of it was alright like (laughs) like as in like don't talk about like x y z topics that's fine, but (laughs) the fact that they were like no swearing, I'm like. Everyone in this group is over 18. We all have free speech. And then when I brought in the box of Cards Against Humanity, they took one look at it, and they were like, we can't allow you to play that here because that's a very naughty game. And I'm like, but we're all over 18. Cards Against Humanity? Yeah. It's someone talking in, and I talking in as well, my box. And they tried to play it, and then they got stopped like a minute in (laughs) because they said it's too inappropriate. But we're all over 18, we're not yep, like yeah. 10 year olds.
0: What is a card or against five humanity? Year olds. Granddad doesn't know, you know, cards against humanity.
1: Yeah, apparently it's a party game for horrible people. Oh, good. Go very um,
0: London thing, that by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like we just play Russian roulette. Yeah, very old fashioned. Yeah. <laughs> used to say the Dingle where they play tick with hatchets. You know, to, what, what exactly, what, what is this vision they have of autistics over the age of 18? You're going to be permanently infantile and never grow up. Did you ever hear a few years ago, there was a woman tried to, wanted to sterilise her autistic son. She wrote this in a book.
1: Oh my God. Do you remember that? I think I might have remembered that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Horrendous. That is, it? not on. Yeah, yeah. It's like, because like, I have an ex-friend who I was forced oh. to befriend in. Um, oh, secondary school yeah. because when I got transitioned over from primary to secondary, right. they put me in this like special educational needs like right. group that went over like six weeks before the holidays or something. And I was talking to the, the other week and she was saying how she wasn't allowed to sleep in her own in sorry in the bed with her boyfriend because her mum said, oh I'm not allowed to have sex because I have disabilities and it's like but get over eighteen your boyfriend's over 18, yeah. So, what maybe you are learning disabled and schizophrenic, like you said, John. Maybe he does have like learning disabilities as well. But if they're both educated enough on it yeah. and they know what precautions to take,
0: exactly, then like,
1: why is their mother trying to say no, you can't do this? Like, she is old enough to find out, and I can understand, like, obviously, a mother's probably quite overprotective like my mother was before she died. Because when I was 15, I wasn't allowed to leave the house on my own in case I'd get beat up by the traps for being autistic. I remember you wasn't saying even allowed to go around the corner shop. Like, yeah. I had to beg my mum oh. to go to the chippy on my own at 16, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Chinese chippy around the corner. And she caved in. And she was, like, stood outside the door waiting for me. And she was like, did you get beaten up? And I'm like, no. I, I didn't got get beaten up, Mum. You're just overthinking <laughs> things.
0: Well, she loves you. She loved you. And, yeah, I think you were very loved, and that's beautiful. You know that somebody—that's how they express the love. These people, you can go a bit weird. They provide I know, but she was. I mean, for God's sake. You know. She
1: was mentally ill as well. Like she was very bad, noise and stuff, and depressed and anxious. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. there was a time when I was like, parentally alienated from my dad for three months because he told my school teacher that my mum was mentally unfit to take care of me and then she went mad when they opened up a social services investigation when I was 14 and I was held hostage from my dad between three to six months, somewhere in between that. And I remembered he rang
0: up
1: like the special educational needs department in the school to to get through to me and he said, Oh, we're going to Blackpool this weekend, Do you wanna come? And I'm like, Yeah, Dad, I'd love to come and he's like, Oh great, ask your mum But that's the thing though, I couldn't ask me mum because of the tell her. She she'd go off the rails and um obviously she was mentally unwell at the time. Um but like that's the kind of thing that like some like parents of autistic people have not saying this like every parent of an autistic person but like those like Norman, yeah. Uh, they could be like more predisposed to becoming mentally ill like my mum mm. and I'm not trying to make a sweeping generalisation statement or anything like that so I'm sorry if it comes across like that mm. but well, there's a, there's my mum was mentally ill about. and yeah. it wasn't really talked about
0: yeah my parents were interesting characters but they, they were I was very lucky with my mum and dad but I know what you're mm-hmm. talking about it's all on the scale you know, they, they weren't mentally ill but they were interesting my father was at the end he had Parkinson's and dementia and I think he was, he was bipolar, but nobody knew because he coped with it so well. He was a great dad. Yeah. It was only when I was old enough, like in my 20s, to handle it that he got weird. My, you know, my, by the time my parents were traumatic, mm-hmm. we weren't children, if you see what I'm saying, so we could handle him, my brother and I. So that was, that was all right. And by the time we were, God, it's like mm-hmm. he ended up uh, in his 70s and he had two girlfriends after my mum died. Seriously, he had a girlfriend a dancing partner he was seeing two women. I'm like, Father, oh, not in front of the children, I'm forty five. Oh. <laughs> 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 Very traumatic, you know. I wish I could help you, you know. If it was up to if I was around, I'd get something together in Liverpool myself. Right, yeah. In the city centre, that people could go to once a month and, and just have some kind of hub, and there'd be loads of politics and people falling out and people having shenanigans and it'd be hilarious. And <laughs> like, have I had much to, to do with other autistic advocates yeah.
1: and activists? Have
0: you met lots of other people on the scene?
1: I actually, like, when I first found out about NeuroDivergent Labour, because yeah. I am the website administrator and web developer yeah. now, yeah. I. I actually found about it through a Facebook event for the yeah. launch meeting. Yeah. And it was in London. And, like, obviously with me, like, being all the way down in Liverpool and only on, like, Pippa the mm. I was like, oh, why is it in London? Like, why haven't they chosen somewhere more central?
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I was like, you know what? It's Labour. I'm a Labour activist. I'm a Labour supporter. Yeah. I'm involved in LGBT Labour and I want to get involved in neurodivergent Labour. Yeah. So I booked me train tickets in advance. I went down. fast when it applied to do the web dev stuff temporarily until it was elected. And then I, in the launch meeting, I got elected as website administrator. Good. And the state it is again.
0: Have you met Janine? I'd do you know Janine I, Booth
1: then? I do, yeah. yeah we in the executive because she's the chair of New the Order divergent Labour.
0: And Emma
1: main is yep. the uh, publicity officer which is all the social media channels and stuff. And Emma's room boss. She's as is way. Janine yeah. and Graham Hanks as well, yeah. who is my uh, co worker in the uh, web dev department because yeah. he's the website editor, so we just add stuff on. Yeah. But he's like got a lot of uni stuff going on at the minute, so like we're just sharing the responsibility. They, they there's are web remarkable devs people, aren't
0: they? they are. You see, because I grew up in Liverpool, all the women are like the full on. You come to the south, there's these amazing women doing things that other people are doing they're like yourself you know they're innovating they're making a a change there's no one else is doing it so i'll take the responsibility and that's very brave and you you suffer it as well you feel it you take it on the chin you know the buck it stops with you if you don't do it who's going to do it and you yeah that's my what i'd say is the obvious that you you know you should get people to to empower you uh, to get the job done properly and it's it's really brave what you're doing it's brilliant, I just wish I could do more God, it's a, it's a thing now, the contact with Liverpool very upsetting you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's have a look we've got some, some questions I wish I could have played you the others but I haven't edited them because I've gone into a kind of a semi-retreat because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very bad Buddhist because uh, I can relate to anyone because it's all about unconditional loving kindness in life, this this practice. And so everybody and, and uh, gender, sexuality, spectrum, because that's the birds and the bees. Everything's on the spectrum of gender and sexuality yeah. and neurodiversity, different brains, different bodies. It's like natural. It's obvious, you know, an unconditional love is yeah yeah like the christians oh god is unconditional love but we believe only a man with a woman but like hang on, i know hang on a minute like what, unconditional love is like people love each other they may express it
1: physically exactly but what
0: counts is the spirit and the soul yeah and they don't hurt yeah. each other and they like it and they make a commitment are you against like men having integrity to men women having love and integrity and trust in women you know that's yeah yeah makes no sense
1: because when I came out as um, trans-masculine to yeah. my dad and his wife, yeah. they were like, oh, no, God made you who you are. God made you a woman. And I'm like, no, if God made me who I am, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd still be trans-masculine, so I don't know what you're on about. Yeah. And they were trying to, like, quote parts of the Bible yeah. <laughs> where they were saying Oh, to do with about Adam and Eve and then another bit's about how man only oh, life with a woman or something like yeah. that. And I was like, how can you quote that part of the Bible when there's been other parts of the Bible quoted about God forcing abortion on a woman who's cheating yeah. on a fella yeah. when she slept with another man? And yet, you're all against abortion and all that. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Life
1: and stuff. And yeah. that's when I I actually thought, no, because I was like raised as like Christian. Yeah, yeah. But I, I slowly fell out of that no, when suppose. I found the evil Bible websites. And there was a website called Evil Bible. Oh, and it's basically it's like it's the Bible, but they point out all the controversies within it and stuff. And when I found that, I was like, Hang on a minute, yeah, this doesn't sound right, surely something's going on. And then I, after some back and forth and stuff, I came to the realization that I'm actually an atheist but more importantly I'm a humanist which is why I am with humanist UK oh sorry it's why I have an active subscription to Humanist UK because I signed up at Labour Conference in Brighton last year. Yeah
0: yeah yeah you have your finger in a lot of pies you're somebody who really wants to get a facts right. Their facts right I'm sorry. Yeah them we perform with Seren Tomasen uh, in Edinburgh last year, saren has got her own solo show. She's a they them person. She's married yeah. to another woman. Oh, she's fantastic, Seren. Extraordinary person. Really, you know, you know impressed with her. Great company as well. And it's a whole world I've entered because it's not a problem. Because you're like, all I a deal in is people, you know. And uh, another thing is Jesus. Well, this thing about him not having a girlfriend or a wife and living with these guys. That about? <laughs> His only female friend was a sex worker, Mary Magdalene. You've got to think about this a minute. And he, was, he was very open minded to sex workers. And it's like, well, <laughs> I mean, that's cool, you know, everyone uses their bodies to survive somehow. You know, if it was a man being a sex worker, if guys got, if you could pay men, if all these men were being offered money to have sex, what would they do? Go, oh, I'm not that kind of boy. Well, let me see. With women, yeah. <laughs> It doesn't quite make sense, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but women do sex work, it's like, <gasps> you know. Oh
1: my use... God, you're the Boscanesean, Mr. Weezy.
0: Forgive me, people are always laughing at me, I'm used to it. Yeah. I d- I d- it's my thing to survive, you know, I was always very good at making people laugh, because I created a scenario that other people subscribed to, because I couldn't relate to them, you see. But I always had one or two friends I could relate to. My, my wife never met yeah. anyone before she met me. And then it was like, oh, and I got married. And it's like being married in, a, in this permanent relationship. All well, since we got married in 2007, I'm looking, Oh, my life. And uh, everything I've done, you find out about even make music. Of course, make music, i uh, And doing all the shows because I had this skill set in the book couldn't have happened without the relationship behind me and and all that, and it's just all focused at the same time, since I got the diagnosis, before then it was all over the place, spent all my 30s in the Buddhist movement, you know Uh, Yeah. great, just all this meditating and going these long retreats and they made me sit still, It's like that I'm sitting still, I'm I'm like doing this for ages, what's happening, my god you know, and I'm not sleeping, (laughs) it's very weird you know so like, I actually want
1: to get into comedy stand-up and write a set about being autistic, but more importantly about being scouse. And I would like, um, I am like looking at doing something. I did write this short test piece where I'd just walk into a room full of Mancunians and I'd just be like, oh my God, look at me, I'm an alien. I've got red and blue wearing them. I'm Scouse. <laughs> and they'd be like, hey, Scouse, look at them, they're my bloody cars. Yadda 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 And, be like, and I'd, I'd just be like, sat there, like, yep, I'm on the wrong planet.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm even more alien because I'm autistic. Yeah. And that makes me weird. Not, I mean, that makes me limited edition, not weird. Because
0: I tried to get a set together. My mate, Don Biz, was. Is autistic, and I was filming him a few hours ago for this project we're in called Neurospectacular, which you could be in because it's online, and it's a Ooh, performance nice. thing of uh, actors and comedians. And you should be in on that. It's what I've gone on to after Stealth Aspies. Look up Stealth Aspies Theatre Company, entirely autistic theatre company I got together. Oh, no that's brilliant! I'd love to join
1: that, but it's a shame it
0: south Well, you can go online if you want to. If you do. have you done any performing and writing?
1: I did um, a assistant in community theatre yeah. between the ages of 15 to 18 oh, brilliant. in the Citadel in St. Helens yeah. um, back when I was in college and that. And I actually performed in um, in Music Mecca, which was a music programme. Oh. Um, but I also, like as part of Music Mecca, we had dance drama and uh, vocal lessons. And I was actually in... Um, a vocal showcase, but
0: I was also in uh, Dick Whittington
1: yeah. oh, um, no for a pantomime, weren't. so I've
0: done a oh, bit of acting. Oh no you weren't! Yeah.
1: Oh yes, I was, <laughs> lad! <laughs> 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 it's
0: got to be done, hasn't it? We went to see Little Scouse on the Mersey when that was on. The the, the first theatre I ever entered in my entire life, when I was about three, uh, was the Royal Court. I remember driving off yeah. in an Austin A40 and I got out and I we went in there and I was given these little glasses and say, look, there's your granddad. And through the glasses I could see in the orchestra pit the head of a double bass. And my granddad was in the pit playing the double bass for, for uh, Cinderella, it was. Oh, right. oh, and that was the fan. I saw the clash on there. Kraftwerk. <gasps> Kraftwerk played in 1982. <gasps> I
1: know, I love Kraftwerk. And, and the the next, model day, Kraftwerk.
0: the next day, I went down there to the theatre and I met Joachim Derman, their sound engineer. I showed him all the way around the city centre. Oh,
1: nice, that's bossa.
0: Yeah, I was looking for the lads. The lads turned out were on Lime Street in the burger bar because my other mates found that. I didn't know, but I'm, I met Joachim, <laughs> you know. I shook hands with uh, Carl Bartos a few years ago. So Wolfgang right, and yeah. doing a set, and I and I was cracking up when Florian died. Only recently I was just like, "Oh my god!" You know, I've got synthesizers. I've got. Oh right. nice. Yeah.
1: Because I'm trying to do like a music project at the minute. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm personally like me, I'm into like punk, good, and metal and rock. Good. But I do also like a bit of easy and like yeah. dance pop and that. So I'm trying to like do a cross genre project mm. where it's like. It's light EDM that's like radio friendly, but then it introduces elements of punk because there's a band that does this called um, Vukovi. Sorry, (laughs) I got my tongue. Experimental Scottish pop punkers where they do punk, but then they mix it with like bits of EDM. But I want to do it like a bit more EDM heavy, Mm. if that makes sense. It does. And make it like eventually get it on like Radio City or Radio One or Capital, but not that will ever happen.
0: You gotta do that. Well, you just gotta get gear and make you no, know, you've got this gap between what's in your head and what you can actualize. But with time you can close it or working with other people. Right. That's what it's like Because I've got
1: garage band on my Mac. Yeah. And I've got Audacity. Garage Band. Yeah. And I've got a square stratocaster guitar. I am going to a just to close off, um I'm going to a trans rights protest one on the Saturday coming up. And one on the next. So Good. I've just took two blank canvas boards mm-hmm. from the works, and I'm just going to be like painting on those later tonight yeah. with some uh, trans rights slogans Good. on them.
0: Good. Where's the protest?
1: Oh, it's starting off at um, the bombed out church. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And then the marching all the way down to the town hall on this week's, and then next week's. Do meeting at St. George's Church. Um, just, sorry, oh, St. George's
0: Hall. Yeah, Lime yeah, Street. Yeah. Good. You see, you're very brave. You're very prepared to stand off of these things. You can only encourage you. I'm glad you know. I couldn't think of anyone better than Emma and Janine. You really mm-hmm. couldn't. You can keep in touch with them because it's what you're doing. You know, you, can, you could start the whole thing there. I'm I'd, I'd just not around. You know, I'd, I'd start stuff if I was there. Get other people to do stuff, we'd have all the politics going <laughs> on. That's <laughs> life, it's gonna happen. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, thank you very much. Have a listen to the other uh podcasts. you see what who I've been talking to. I know all these people, and,
1: yeah, know, we'll do that, it's... sounds And um, yeah. yeah, thank you so much for having me, I really do appreciate it.